Hey, friends! We are here, we are in the house, we are ready for another edition of My Tai Happy Hour! Oh, yeah. And, and there goes my voice in like the first like minute. Every time, man. Every minute. Time. We are joined once again with the amazing, marvelous, multi-time Emmy Award winning editor, Matt Giaquinto. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, ho neighborinos. I've missed you, boys. Hey, you're the only one who might be able to explain Tenet to us, so we figure we bring you on the show. <laughs> and, uh, fuck, dude, I really wanted to like that movie, and I watched it once and wasn't sure, and then, then I watched it again, and I, I don't know what the fuck I watched, and I just want to know whether it was worth anybody risking their lives to see that fucking thing. Anyway, we're going to get into that in a little bit. Hambo, what else do we have in store for the kids this week? So other than talking about Tenant forwards and backwards, we are going to talk about the new HBO show called The Undoing with Hugh Grant. Smashing Pumpkins has a brand new album out called CYR, and then the state of wrestling in the year of our Dark Lord, 2020. Yeah, I'm going to be positive about wrestling. I'm going to talk about like my five favorite things about wrestling cross cross federations uh cuz I feel like wrestling is like the one thing trying so hard right now and kind of getting there, but it's still such a weird time for them. But look, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you. We're going to get to a cocktail in a second. I'm not going to I have like I've tattooed cocktail to my wrist now just so I don't forget. Oh, that's a little extreme, but I appreciate the sentiment. Well, I want a lumpy space princess tattoo with you, so I don't know. Extremities are weird with me. When we get vaccinated, we're going down to see Sean Dillon, and we're both getting goddamn lumpy space princess tattoos. Uh, <laughs> I cannot wait. Hambone, I broke my sink. Oh, no. I broke I broke my – this is one thing Matt probably is aware of, owning an old home, too. Uh, old homes have old plumbing, like really old plumbing, like you know, shit you would not legally have today, like lead pipes throughout your house. Oh, yeah. And they rot. And I just had this like fucking backup forever on my sink. I was getting so frustrated. It was taking like I'd shave once and like I could not get the stuff to go down anymore. So I'm like, I'm going to plunge this. I got an auger, like a 15 foot auger. That's the snake that goes all the way down into the plumbing. And they're like, you have to remove the elbow under the sink, the catch that usually gets like your ring if you drop your ring to um, get there. Well, I removed it. I got everything off pretty easily. And it was like six feet of sludge behind it. I got rid. I got rid of a good amount of it. Like I was trying. It was like oh, it was disgusting. Hand, but the smell. It was like fucking. Like you know when you have like that one zit you pop that just doesn't smell right. That was what was my fucking sink was that zit that smelled bad. And uh, yeah, I did it. I cleaned it out and like I put the shit back on. I found out like the elbow was literally like rotten. The, the thing that connects the drain spout that connects to the elbow was rotten. And when it, I took it off, it literally rotted off onto the, the, the elbow. And now I have like, like nothing. Like they were just like this open wound. Like if you fucking have like a fucking festering wound, like gangrenous, like that's my fucking bathroom right now. That's gross. So Jocelyn came today to try to fix it. He's like, dude, I just don't replace everything. And I'm like, yeah, just do what you need to do. Get it done. One day I'll replace everything, but like old house problems. I love old houses. I think Matt, you'll agree. Old houses are awesome, but maintaining them sucks. That's yeah, damn and sure. you uh, you got to really stay on top of that stuff because yeah. all that bacteria, like you said, it just 
just freaking stinks. Like I'm afraid to uh, ever renovate my bathroom because I know the mold back there is going to be. I don't even want to know the shit that's that I paint over, so I can't <laughs> see. Anyway, Hambone, speaking. So, so w- while we're there, while we're right there, just give us something appetizing, and then I'm going to talk a little bit sap- about sipping Santa too. But go right ahead, talk to us about cocktails. Well, buddy, it sounds like you could use a cocktail. So in honor of the Smashing Pumpkins new album, I made a cocktail on liquor.com. And by made, I mean I Googled it, and I'm going to tell you about it now. It's called the Smashing Pumpkin. So this is a drink that is going to require some homemade lemon pumpkin soda, which is easy to prepare in a few minutes. Um, in a bag, uh, It's going to have some rum. It's going to have some allspice in there, and it's going to be very nice. So first let me tell you about the lemon pumpkin soda. You're going to add 12 ounces of pumpkin puree. Uh, and you're going to add four ounces of fresh lemon juice and two ounces of water into a soda siphon and charge it with a CO2 cartridge, or you can mix up some pumpkin pumpkin puree and some club soda together with some lemon juice and then strain it out, and then you will have your pumpkin soda. Uh, You're going to add that with some rum, which is an ounce and a half of rum, uh, aged rum, it says. I would recommend going with a light rum. half an ounce of allspice liqueur, uh, three ounces of said pumpkin soda, and you're going to garnish it with a bay leaf. You're just going to pour it into a glass, and you're going to have a delightful orange fall-flavored cocktail with the leaf sticking out of it called the Smashing Pumpkin. Uh, it sounds great. That, you know, for the first time in a couple of weeks, you've actually made one I'd, I'd like to drink. You're welcome. Felt like you needed it, and I brought it so, for uh, you tonight. Just so you guys know, um, we talked about it last year in depth, Miracle and Sip and Santa, two separate, really awesome, awesome events that happen in bars, sadly, every year. Uh, they are happening now. Miracle is kind of like what happens if like Santa vomits in your living room and there's just Santa shit everywhere. Cowan's Pub locally is doing that in Nutley. Uh, oh, the, nice. The Vanguard in Harrison is doing Sip and Santa. It's more of a like a nicer, less tiki version of, uh, or no, no, I think that one's the, that's a little more tiki. Regardless, both of these are put on by Beach Bum Barry. He created them. He's one of the most famous uh, tiki uh, historian, tiki drink historians. Love him. We have his books. We've, you know, given you guys a lot of his recipes. He's an amazing dude. Uh, check out his, uh, his bar in New Orleans called Latitude. But the problem is that there's obviously COVID going on. I would like to give a big thank you to at least in the area, Scopos Hospitality, that also owns the Barrow House and one other place, they are doing a second-to-none curbside pickup for Sip and Santa and, and Miracle right now. You can go online. You can go to their websites. I have a feeling all of them are kind of doing something like this. And you can order. You want you want their, their cocktails. You want their, their tiki mugs. I got the T-Rex. I got the Santa and the surf shorts. Anything you want, you can just order. Show up in front of one of their bars. You can call in, and they'll run them out. Or just, you know, be safe and be at the front door. Regardless, definitely support Miracle and Sip and Santa. Definitely support your local bars. Quite a few of them are doing around the country. It's not just the ones we spoke about. But, you know, I highly recommend it. Again, support your bar, especially one that's like going out of their way to help be safe. So I appreciate that. I don't know if you want to add anything to that. Also, folks, nowadays especially – it's very important to, if you're going to order takeout, do it now. If you get some to-go cocktails, do it now. 
these next few months are going to be imperative for us to be able to keep our favorite restaurants and bars open. So if you don't want to cook tonight, don't do it. Order some takeout from your favorite yeah. place. If you don't want to pour your own drinks, well, it's kind of weird. You're going to have to go somewhere and pick them up and then pour them in home. But still, get a cocktail made by a professional Hambone, and then drink it in your own house. Hambone, they give them in like really, really nice, real glass containers really? with cap and their own Ooh. labels, like their Santa labels, which what like each one's different. Like whoever, and I, I'm guessing they probably got them from uh, the organization putting this on, just did a wonderful job. So you get a really nice presentation. These would make good gift bags too, but you get the full cocktail. You just add ice and shake and that's it. It's incredible. It's awesome. Highly recommend it. You can check them out on Instagram too, Sippin' Santa and Miracle. They're throughout the United States and many, many cool bars. Bars that know how to make cocktails are doing this right now. So we appreciate that. Hambone Tenet. Like, I have been waiting. <laughs> we, like, we so Tenet's a palindrome, and that's about all I've got. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So we brought Matt on. Matt, from the beginning Yo, of this pandemic. It is. From the beginning of, the, of this pandemic, Matt has been active supporter and, like, has kept us up to date on this Tenet thing, which... By the way, barely was marketed, barely was known. And this was like by choice because Christopher Nolan, who created it, is crazy. And we waited and they fucking, and Matt said, there's no way they're not going to release this in movies. It has to be in movies. It has to be in like 172 millimeters. It has to be fucking this and that. I'm in a mood today, you can tell. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, there's all these rules and Christopher Nolan's going to do this. And I was like, I don't know. They've got the VOD this somewhat. It's the middle. Nope, nope, no. Nope. Everybody fucking bent over backwards for this movie. They literally opened up the movie theaters because of this. They, you know, everyone had to open up and they showed it and it went over like a wet fart. And we're like, okay, was it 56 million, I think, in the U.S.? And I'm like, all right, well, maybe it was just because of COVID. This week, released on VOD, we all got to watch it. And I watched it twice because I'm like, I'm not going to be that guy because I saw Inception and I did like Inception the more I watched it. In this case, Matt, and we're going to let Hambone speak a little bit. I know Hambone's got a lot of thoughts, but we got you here, Matt. I want to know your thoughts on this movie. And if you could tell us a little bit about what it's about, too, for the viewing or listening audience, I would appreciate it. Can I read the IMDb thing before he yeah, starts? Yeah, sure, you can. About. It probably won't make any sense either, but go ahead. <laughs> so here, this is just, this is the qualifier before Matt gets into this. Matt is a professional artiste when it comes to <laughs> cinema. So I'm sure he's got some really good thoughts. This is exactly what it says on IMDb. Armed with only one word, tenant, and fighting for the survival of the entire world, a protagonist journeys through a twilight world of international espionage on a mission that will unfold in something beyond real time. Good yeah. luck, Matt. Yeah, good luck, Matt. <laughs> so what's it really about, Matt? Well, it's, it, it, it is about tenant. I mean, tenant, the word, comes from a um, – uh, they found this uh, satyr. Uh, in Pompeii is the oldest one, and it's a it's a like a concrete or clay block, and it has um, up and down, um, left to right, all different ways. Uh, these Latin words, and they all spell words, and no matter which direction you you read the letters, and so Christopher Nolan decided to make a movie based on this time traveling theory, and it's very very similar. If you've seen the movie Primer. Um, no one has seen the movie primer. Well, then you've been missing out. I mean, primer, it's a very, very low budget, um, time travel movie about these guys who try to use, uh, um, 
this time traveling device that they've created to make a, 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 a money in the stock market. It was done in 2004. Um, uh, it, it's really low budget, but it's re- it's one of those movies. Like I really enjoyed it, but I had to do some external reading just to figure out if I could understand it. And to me, Tenet is just a um, uh, just a big budget version of Primer with with guns. Uh, and and it's essentially it's one of those movies that works um, forwards and backwards. Uh, the main character um, never has a. a uh, a character name. He just goes by the name the protagonist, uh, played by John David Washington from Black Klansman, and he meets up with eventually uh, Robert Pattinson, and they kind of team up in their buddies. And um, what they discover is, or what you discover is, there's a uh, Russian millionaire who. Uh, grew up in the basically like in in the shadows of this uh, Siberian town where there was a nuclear disaster. I, I and, took it, I took it to be Chernobyl type thing. Yeah, that kind of thing. And it's in there that he discovers a, essentially a message from the future, um, in the form of uh, in a. In the future, a futuristic scientist has broken down and created the algorithm of time and then separated it into, and I'll use words the audience can understand, it's very similar to Harry Potter and the Horcruxes and uh, what is it, uh, the Prince of Zecubin, whatever the heck that name is. Um, So pieces of this algorithm has been broken into these nine uh, artifacts and the, the the idea is that this scientist who created this algorithm realizes that by inverting all of time, we will destroy the planet. Um, so she kills herself and then separ- separates the pieces of the algorithm in these nine horcruxes, travels back in time and hides them all over the place uh, in the world, predominantly radioactive places, the idea that nobody would ever go into those places and find these things. Um, it's also discovered that uh, the future is fighting back against the past to destroy time uh, because we've destroyed the planet ecologically. Um, uh, so, so, so I just want, I want you to know, Matt, I got none of that. I got, this is what I got out of this movie. First of all, the acting and look, maybe, maybe John David William Washington or whatever his name is, is good as an actor. I've seen Black Klansman. I enjoyed that. Uh, but he is so one-dimensional in this movie. I was just, I had nothing, nothing for him. I was not enjoying him. I didn't get what he was doing. I thought he was a secret agent. I thought it was like Bondish at first, and then it wasn't. And then it, it like, what destroyed me was sadly the final like half hour of the movie where they literally do a invasion angle in this nondescript unknown location. God knows where it is. It was very DC battle ish. Uh, but they, they had the red team and the blue team and yes, the fact they were doing that they, a the temporal fact, pincher, the fact that they had to do the red team and the blue team just messed with my brain. Like, Oh, this is like fucking color wars that I couldn't <laughs> take it seriously going forward. Hambone, what were your thoughts on this movie? I didn't care about a single fucking character yep. in this entire movie. Yep, that was it. 
That was it. There was the, like, I, and I don't know if it was the acting, the story, or a little bit of both. Nobody was interesting except for maybe the wife. But even there, I didn't quite get what was going on with the Russian wife. I like Robert Pattinson. I thought he did an excellent job. Yes, he yeah. did. He was fine. I thought Kenneth Branagh did an excellent job too. But it's it's all what they have to work with. Now I want to I want to give a little credit to where credit is due when it comes to the actors and actresses in this movie. Like you can only work with what you got. You know, and what they had in this movie, I have a lot of thoughts. Can I, can I go just ahead? My go thoughts ahead. For a minute? Go ahead. Yeah, but so, is yours. Show is yours. Us, this is not a movie that would have been worth risking getting COVID for. Oh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. However, I do think it would have looked and sounded better. And I have a 65 inch TV. However, a 65 inch TV in my basement apartment, which is totally sweet, is not a big screen with the super surround sound. And I think the experience, I would agree with Christopher Nolan, definitely lost a step uh, by not being in such an immersive experience. And I think that this movie would have gotten a lot more grace from a lot more people had they had the true movie going experience. Because one thing I've recognized about Christopher Nolan through the years is his movies have no rewatch value. However, they are there for the spectacle of the moment. And I think it's important to, to recognize that it doesn't diminish him as a director because he directs a very specific thing. He directs a movie where you are going to go watch this movie. It is going to be an experience, but it's not something that like you're going to. And because I used to, I used to buy his movies on DVD and I'm like trying to put them in and watch them later. And I'm like, yeah, it's just not the same. Like you need to be in a theater. You need to be around other people. You need to have those great gasping moments where things are happening and like the cinematography in this movie is unreal and it really does get lost on the small screen that being said uh i think the, the short version of what matt said was um these mercenaries have to go and stop a guy who's got a god bomb from destroying the world i think that is that it took me about an hour and a half into the movie to really figure out <laughs> that's what was going on and there is no actual like moment where you care there's no there's no release there's no comeuppance moment where it's like yes this person's finally getting their due and i think that it had a moment where it straddles the line between the stuff that's happening in real time and the stuff that's happening in reverse and there wasn't enough of either time to make it count so it was like essentially the reverse time gimmick was to just get the line to connect from A to B in the story, but really didn't have much more of a purpose on top of that. So I'm watching this movie, and you were like, last night I was texting George, and I was like, hey, I just started texting. He's like, why are you texting? You need to pay attention to this. I'm like, I'm texting because I don't know what the fuck is going on. Like, <laughs> this movie makes no fucking sense. And then when it does make sense, you're kind of just like, but That's I don't it. care. Yeah, but I don't care. And, and, and I don't care. And the backwards gimmick didn't do it for me. Like, so the moment they said they needed to get plutonium, that's when I just, my brain broke. I was like, oh, yeah, it's but back, that was just, back but to that the was fucking a future. I was like, back but, to the fucking future. Like, I'm sorry. Anytime I hear plutonium, I think about Iranians and, and, and whatever. I, I just was like, this is so, like, every time he tries to get, he goes so over the top, but then he kind of cheese balls it, like the red and blue teams. 
And the backwards thing, yeah. just like, so yeah, in this movie, if you're like in the past or going to the past or you're wanting time, you're literally going backwards and you have to be, there, there's a period in the portion of this movie where they train you how to survive in the backwards way. And I'm like, oh my God, this is like if they did the upside down and strangers things and they were all literally standing upside down. Oh, it's ridiculous. When I was watching it last night, dude, and they're doing the backwards thing, I'm like, God, what does George Bungalow hate more than almost anything in movies? Musicals. Now, the top five things that you hate, <laughs> you hate with the, you hate the slowdown, you hate the video game thing that's happening, and this is the worst of both worlds, but backwards. And I was like, oh my God, he's got to be hating every minute of this I, action scene. I, I really enjoy, look, I'll be fair here, I really enjoyed the car chase sequence, that half hour of car like was cool. They did it really well. I disagree with your hand bone. I don't think if I saw this in the movie theater, I'd be that much more impressed. Maybe it's my stigmatism, but like that wouldn't have done that much more for me. I also have a very nice sound system and a big screen, but like this didn't do, like, I'm excited to see wonder woman in 4k on my stereo and my big screen in my house. I'm not, you know, that's right. But Tenet, I mean, I, I just was this, I would have been so bummed if I paid money for this. And look, let's, let's, okay. So I think we got our opinions on this pretty well in place. Watch right. it. If you like, I don't know. I don't know. Watch if you love Christopher Nolan, watch it. If you want to have your brain melt, this is not like inception where like inception. I feel like the more you watch, you kind of figure it out this, I, I don't know. I, 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 well, I mean, I liked it more than you guys. I will say those who, who do watch it or verse, there was a lot of commentary about Nolan's audio mix in the theaters. And I think this has been remixed yeah. for home release. Cause I had, I even had the subtitles on, but I could understand, uh, what everybody was saying. Um, I, you know, I think there's a, if you see the, the primer is the perfect example. If you really liked primer, you're really going to like this movie. It's not your A to B to C hand feed you, um, uh, type of movie. It really, really requires a lot of thought. And I think once you, I think you could appreciate the more, the movie more, if you just crack that nut, like when you start to understand that Robert Pattinson was the little kid, you know, at the end. Oh boy. Thanks. You just a ruin the movie for everybody. And B, I had no idea. No, I didn't that didn't get, make no sense. He had to go to the, uh, he had to go to the windmill to, um, no, uh, no, no, to, to, you know, cause the way the time travel works in this movie is it's not like Terminator where you get transported to an instant time. You have to live somewhere for as long as you want to go back. So it's not like you could go back a hundred years or something like that. So he has to go to the windmill, uh, uh and allow time to catch yep. up. It's it, nope. the information. Nope. Windmill. So I just want to tell the fans that you just heard the words windmill and time travel. Matt, I think that's, that's perfectly fine. Let's transition a little bit. I want to get your thoughts because tenant literally tenant is what spurred movies to reopen and clearly failed experiment. Cause I'm not going to give it to new mutants. Or, or Bill and Ted, it was really Tenet that caused everything to kind of, you know, the news that we had this week, which is that Warner Brothers announced that they are going to release their entire uh, 2021 pipeline of movies uh, on both HBO Max and in movie theaters. Make it clear, they are also releasing in movie theaters, so you have a choice if you want uh, simultaneously, which is... Complete paradigm shift in a, in a nutshell. And Christopher Nolan, not very happy about it. Oh, my God. 
Matt, your thoughts. What a he, uh, well, asshole. I mean, the the one thing people need to understand is, like George just said, the movies will be available uh, in theater and that this is only for 2021. Um, I, I don't agree with Christopher Nolan. I think it's also irresponsible of him to demand people see his movie <laughs> in the movie theater in the middle of a pandemic. Um Warner Brothers was very smart, and that's why they only did this for one year. Um, and the movies are only be streaming for one month per release, or you know, for a thirty-day a uh, window. Um, I think what you'll see is um, a lot of the production companies. Like I know the big one to be watched is Legendary, who did King Kong versus Godzilla. They're now suing Warner Brothers because they had it contractually. Uh, obligated was a theatrical only release. So uh, the guys who made Dune or Matrix 4, they're watching this legendary lawsuit um, to see what happens there because that could literally blow up this whole um, uh, deal with HBO as an antitrust suit. And, and, um, and that's the that's the thing. So, yeah, it's got to be a governmental thing here. And I, I was talking to Hambone offline about this yesterday. The challenge they have right now is both government shift right now. So in the time they're trying to do this, we're having a massive upheaval in the government. And there's a giant pandemic. If their argument is we want it in movie theaters to make more money because we irresponsibly want people to get, like, sick, they're not going to win in the government. They're not going to play that out that no. way. And the thing people are forgetting, this isn't Warner Brother money anymore. This is AT&T money, which is big money, like bigger money. That's like Amazon money or Apple money or Google money. Like they can just say, fine, sue us. While we're while you're blowing all your money suing us, we're going to release it. So they'd have to actually get a court order blocking it. That's the biggest thing to watch out for is if there will be a court order blocking it. And I don't know if they can do that or not. But again, I don't know what the contracts say. This is also people. If you focus on the details of the contract, this is just for U.S. domestic yeah. Uh, yeah. release only. They'll still make a ton of money. It's all going to be released overseas in theaters, and you know, for years the undercurrent in in Hollywood is the uh, the foreign markets are outdoing U.S. domestic box box office numbers. So why wouldn't they try to go this route for this year only while still releasing th- films? Um, internationally, um, people are freaking out for all the, I mean, it's just movie theaters aren't going to go away. I mean, AMC won't survive as a company, but somebody will step in. You'll see, a, you know, by the time normalcy returns, if it does, um, people are going to want to go out. People are going to want to go to the theaters. Um, I, I think it's just going to right side uh, size. I think the biggest challenge was that AMC got too greedy and released, made too many theaters, and that was the biggest problem. They, they went in debt because they released too many fancy theaters. And I think movies need to go back to being a little more of a destination. I think once they right side, you're right. Whoever buys AMC is going to have to figure out, like, do we need a movie theater in every single town? It would half of them are empty. All, sure. You know, or you, some 15 multiplex. Yes. Ginormous thing where they serve you drinks and food throughout the whole movie. You know, well, um, here's, I, I, here's, here's the thing. Yeah. It's not just one year. Because how do you put the genie back in the bottle, right? Mm. <clears throat> how do you put the genie back in the bottle? Every town or within a certain distance should have a movie theater. Movie theaters are very culturally important to America. And, yeah, I, I get it. There doesn't need to be a crazy multiplex <clears throat> every so 
many yards, but like the idea that this this year is going to completely kill the theater industry, it becomes more and more real as time goes on. Yes, there's always going to be movie theaters, but it may not be the same experience that we're used yeah. to and that we've grown up loving and enjoying. Uh, but we need to have them because they are very culturally relevant to our society. Now, that being said, yo, once people start getting a taste of the good life, which is, oh, wait a second, you mean for like 15 bucks, I can get HBO Max and I could watch all these movies that I was going to take my family to a movie theater and have to, for like three people, spend $40 every time I go. Huh, I have a 4K TV and a sweet sound system at home. Like, we're good. Like, it's going to be hard for them to put that genie back in the bottle. The thing with Nolan that kind of irritates me is that Warner Brothers right or wrong, gave him everything that he wanted, and yep. he made the heel turn on them at the first chance he could get. Also, Warner Brothers going out there, which was the same thing that I was talking about months ago when um, the theaters got blindsided and were just like, wait a second, we're hearing about this in Variety that you're not working with this anymore. And this is the same kind of shit where you've got directors, you've got people who work on the ground floor of the movie theater industry, you've got agents, you've got actors, you've got all these people now finding out that, like, the way that they've been doing business and the way they're contractually obligated to do business is now kind of like, eh, fuck off for the next year. Like, it's not, I mean, again, they have all the money. They can do whatever the fuck they want, but it's just not a good look for yep. a company that was, by and large, for decades, a company that people were always happy to work for and work with because they were essentially the good guys in Hollywood, and now they're not. <laughs> Yeah, it's to be very curious to see what Disney does. I think they've got their their investor day coming up. I mean, that's gonna be the way. I mean, we'll see. I, I'm very curious. I like I we're all armchair booking here. I mean, the movie theater was in bad, bad shape before COVID. That's what we have to be very clear on. Like there were yeah. too many movie theaters. The movie theaters were empty. After the first week of a non-major movie, they were empty. That's not oh, a good look. So that that's why I'm saying like no, there doesn't necessarily need to be a big movie theater in every town when you don't fill the seats. I like an Alamo, I like Carousels, I like a destination, I like an experience. But we'll see. Well, Alamo is selling everything that's not nailed down right now to try to stay in business. I uh, did I send you the yes, link to that? Yes, yes, to the posters and yeah, stuff. The posters, memorabilia, everything that they've got, they are fighting tooth and nail to keep the Alamo alive. So also, folks, a little sidebar here: if you are a collector. And you go to Alamo.com, there's a link that'll take you to an auction. All the great Mondo posters for years that are super hard to find. Some are super expensive. You could put a bid in to potentially win one and support the movie theater industry, keeping uh, Alamo Drafthouse alive. So it might be worth you checking out. Just go to uh, AlamoDrafthouse.com. Well, that's – I mean one of the things – you know, I agree with you all. I mean if you think about it back in the uh, – in the early 1900s, the center of town was a movie palace. You know, these giant, you know, where you went and you saw and there was a light show and there was shorts. There was a, maybe an orchestra playing. Um, and when towns, I know because I did a show called Movie Palace Memories for AMC, in order to rejuvenate these downtown areas that had fallen in disarray, they would always start with the movie palace. You know, build that and then the rest will, you know, uh, come. I think what you'll also see besides the reduction in the amount of theaters is a correction in the division of profit split between distributors and the production company. Um, because people don't understand when a, when a movie first comes out that first week, it's a 50, 50 split, but 
after that, and this is one of the reasons why movie theaters keep things, you know, as long as possible is the longer the split goes on, the, you know, the more that shifts, um, that, that, that needle is no longer 50%. Uh, it starts to sway, um, back to the production side. And so movie theaters will have so many because they want, you know, they want matrix four playing on five screens that opening weekend so that they can make the most of their money. So I think you, 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 there's going to be a lot of aspects that people don't realize about the movie going experience that will probably, uh, get reset and definitely need to be redefined. Well, Matt, I thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we appreciate you. Is there anything you you're working on? You want to plug? Um, I can't say right now. Yeah, you never that. can. You never can find Matt Giaquinto <laughs> in, uh, in, on IMDB and, uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and on Facebook. Thank you so much for joining us. Say you rock so much. Absolutely. Sorry for the spoilers guy. No problem. Take care, buddy. <laughs> All right, no boys. Figure it out anyway. Take care, Matt. <laughs> Anyway, uh, that look, Tenet made my brain hurt and, um, I wanted to like, I actually was liking it like the first half hour. Or so I think we were watching it at the same time. Like, I'm like, this is really awesome, uh, technical effects and it, it's cool. It's large. It's, it, you know, me, I like an epic everything, but then it was like, but what's the fucking story? And yeah, not even giving the guy a name, maybe not care. Yeah. Uh, he's the protagonist. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Come on. So uh, the, the, um, the undoing, uh, people, I saw it trending on Twitter. It's an HBO, uh, short miniseries, about six episodes, I believe, uh, was, was all over Twitter. I'm like, oh, it's Nicole Kidman. Hugh Grant's still alive. Let me find out what this is about. I'm, it's a murder mystery and it is a, again, a miniseries. It's a whodunit. I gotta be very careful because I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but, uh, Nicole Kidman plays a, a wife of, uh, a very well-to-do uh, doctor. He is, I believe like a cancer doctor, a pediatric cancer doctor. So come on, like the best guys in the world. And it turns out that she is, she's kind of like housewife of New York ish. Like she's in very well to do with other well to do women who are kind of like pretentious and, and you know, they, they all have their kids go to a private school and there's this new lady, uh, who joins their inner circle and very quickly, after a charity charity event, she is bludgeoned to death uh, with a ice hammer. Uh, you know, like the one you bought me, the uh, height yeah. like uh, ice hammer. And then it becomes a whodunit, and it's a very very good series, um, except for the fact, and I gotta be very careful because I don't want to spoil anything, that I I didn't like how it came together in the end. Not that they blew it in the final act. But it was almost like everything got tied in a bow a little too neatly. There, there wasn't a really big shock as to who did it. Uh, it wasn't. I'll say it wasn't the husband. They do a good job explaining that. I thought they were to go to. They did a swerve. They did a, a cliffhanger swerve, and then they came back and it wasn't it. And that pissed me off. Yeah, that really pissed me off. And I felt like this was a played a little bit too safe. Uh, very quickly. On the series, they start unraveling who it is, and you start seeing the dark side of like rich people. And I am amazed that Nicole Kidman still looks very good. Uh, Hugh Grant, however, and I'm not age shaming, but dude, Hugh Grant aged rough. I don't know if it's a British thing or not, but like he's looking like he's like 63 and looks like Harrison Ford 78 or whatever. Wow. Yeah, Hugh Grant. Uh, yeah, uh, he vanished for a while. He came back for this. I thought it was really good. Again, 
thought it was safe. I think everyone, this is a bad review because I don't want to spoil it because anyway, I do it short enough where like I'll spoil it if I keep going into, but just know if you want to see rich people fuck up, this is a great way to, this is a great show. I will say that it might look like it's going bad in terms of like, you know, I always say they, the crutch day is they use like, you know, possibly killing a kid or something that does not go that route. So that was at least safe. Oh, thank God. But, um, what a in, shitty trope. in general, uh, it, it, I could definitely see people who like straight up murder mystery types loving this. And again, Nicole Kidman, the acting, unlike Tenet, was really good by everybody. <laughs> really enjoyed. I think the acting was actually made up for a kind of not the best plot line for a murder mystery, but uh, still enjoyed it. So I highly recommend it. It's on HBO Max. It's available now. It's fully done, so you don't have to wait at all. And that's the way I like to watch my movies. Like, if you tell me a show just ended. It's really good. Check it out. That's how I like to binge. That's the best. What's killing us right now, Hambone? Killing us what? is Mandalorian. What? Like, I want to binge the fuck out of that so bad. Ooh. Like, I could use I could use so much more Mandalorian in my life right now. And we're not, we have to keep waiting. And I'm just like, I don't want to wait for the next episode of Mandalorian. It is so good. We are going to have a full review. This is like when we're doing Fargo. This is, Mandalorian is so flawless right now. And if you're a Star Wars fan, the geeking out you must be doing, if you're watching this, if you're a Star Wars fan not watching, like Adam Bird two weeks ago or a week ago when it was young, like not watching Mandalorian and being a Star Wars fan, that is a fail. This is the best Star Tell Wars you will watch. And we've said it before. We, I, I both Hambone. Hambone is a way bigger Star Wars fan than I am. This is the best version of Star Wars. It really is. There's only two episodes left of The Mandalorian, so that review is coming sooner than you think. Yeah, and that's man, what. That, oh, that's God, why we're not taking a break. That's why we're not taking break during the holidays. So just so everybody know, we decide because we got nothing else to do. We're going to continue because yeah. we also have the stand coming on December seventeenth. Uh, we have a lot of good stuff that's coming out very soon. We have Wonder Woman. There's no way I'm taking a break and not reviewing Wonder Woman. You know, in past years, there was obviously parties and places to go. Vacations. And to do, and winter wonderlands, vacations. But now, like, yeah, that door, the minute that get the temperature drops, that door is locked. Yeah. So we were going to be bringing you episodes and every I th- week. I think what happened was there was the one year where we decided to take the holidays off and then, like, we couldn't review something. I think it was Star Wars or one of one of the big move blockbusters. I'm like... I don't want to wait. Why are we waiting? I really want to review this. And I was like pissed off because like everything, because we had time to watch a lot of shit and I'm like, this yep. sucks. So no, we're going to do it. There's enough good stuff coming out that uh, I'm excited for the stand. People are, I mean, stands can be tough because the stand is obviously what we're going through now. But from what I hear, it is done right. It's done well. Stephen King is very much behind it and I'm willing to do it. He made it very clear while there are parallels to what's going on with COVID COVID can be cured. If you get COVID, you get better. If you get what you get in the stand, you just die. So there is a completely different way. But wow, did he kind of predict a pandemic and do it well. Uh, Yeah. So excited for the stand. I'm so excited for Wonder Woman. Uh, The early reviews are out for Wonder Woman. Those are, or not reviews, but like early, like the, the reviewers came out of the theaters and now they get to just say whether they liked it or their feelings. I don't know what the hell this thing is when they drip out the uh, NDAs, but they're doing the feelings that everyone's got good feelings. They're calling it better than the original. I don't know if you've heard anything. Have you, Hambone? 
I've heard that people have good feelings. And I'm like, what in the fuck does that even mean? But that's it. That's what they're doing. They're coming out and giving their feelings, but they're not giving reviews. And everyone's super psyched. I'm very excited about it. And uh, I'm just hoping Linda Hamilton might make a guest appearance because it's an 80s. I don't know. Maybe that'd be awesome if they did. She's still alive, right? I think Linda Hamilton's still alive. Linda Carter? Linda Carter. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Linda Hamilton is both still alive. <laughs> both of them badass women well before their time, so I stand by it. But definitely Linda Carter, not Linda Hamilton. Please don't. Uh, Hambone already called me out. Different kind of party. Uh, anyhow. Oh, and um, Dare, uh, I don't know if you, we missed it last week. Daredevil is officially back in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They got the rights back from Netflix. Love so it. And there is a lot of talk and, and rumors about them possibly bringing back the guy who did Daredevil on Netflix. I would, they'd be stupid not to consider folding that back. And that was the best that, and the guy who played Punisher was incredible too, but like, you know, yeah, Punisher, I think it's another year off, right? Yeah. Punisher, you don't, we're just bringing back another thing he can be in the next Spider-Man movie or something. You no, know? no, no, no. I mean like the, it's two years. So oh, I don't know the contract. Punisher started later, but yeah, I don't know the process of it. Uh, the rumor on the street is uh, they confirmed it today. Not even rumor. Alfred Molina is back as Doc Ock in the next Spider-Man movie. You got Tobey Maguire. You got friggin' the other guy. It's Andrew be so Garfield weird. It's gonna be. Do you think they're vocals. gonna do? You think they're gonna do uh, the the uh, what do you call that? The the clone saga? No, I think they're gonna do a multiversal Sinister Six. Ooh, that would be interesting. I mean, this is going to be Tim kind of hashed that, hashed that out this afternoon when I was texting him and I was like, that makes sense. This is some crazy, crazy stuff. I'm very excited uh, on a b bad note and I want to get her name right. But uh, the lady who was being talked about as the uh, the uh, would be taking over the torch uh, in Black Panther decided to come out and say a lot of anti-vax stuff that might have gotten her pulled out of Black Panther oh, 2. No. Oh, you didn't hear about that? Shuri? Uh, uh, you see the, girl, the one, the one who plays Shuri. Fuck, I gotta get her name because I don't want to fuck this up because that's obviously uh, a no-no thing. Um, but the Letitia Wright, uh, she I believe was being talked about as being the new lead in Black Panther, and she went on some heavy anti-COVID vaccine stuff on oh, social yeah, that's <laughs> and, yeah. and she was supposed to be the next black panther and i don't think they actually came out and said she's been pulled but she's definitely pulled down all her social sites and now it's uh it's a big deal so like oh they got to like rewrite black panther now but um yeah or i'm just gonna say chadwick died maybe you just don't maybe we don't need black panther to mm. let 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 it be for a little bit, guys. He he, he just died. No, I, I I get it. I I don't disagree with you. I don't think they necessarily need to. I know, but such a strong character. I don't I don't know. It's it's really tough. I I get it. I get it. I don't know how they go with this. I, I I'm I'm curious. They also revealed Hawkeye, who's gonna be playing the female Hawkeye, his daughter. That's awesome. I hope they follow the storyline like in the comic book. That would be amazing. That's the plan. And the Matt Faction, I believe, wrote. So there's a lot of good, you know, the rumor that Wanda and Vision's coming out sooner than we think. I am very excited and happy I'm a Disney Plus subscriber. That's all I'm going to say about it. My girlfriend and I have been watching The Mandalorian every week, and then we watch Gravity Falls, and I've been watching DuckTales, and life is... The newer okay. old DuckTales. 
the new duck. Oh, dude, the new Ducktales. That like once you get through, I told you to watch Gravity Falls. Once you get through Gravity Falls, watch Ducktales. So the Gabe, new one. Gabe's been loving the original Ducktales. That's good to know. I don't think I've seen the new Ducktales yet. It's got to be it's better really than the good. new Animaniac. So oh, there's that. There's that. Anyhow, uh, Smashing Pumpkins released a new album, and stay dead. People seem to like when we release albums. So when we review albums, so why not? Smashing Pumpkins, obviously a, a band that's very close to my heart from when I was growing up. Cherub Rock, uh, Siamese Dream, bought it at Let It Rock, double white vinyl, and one of my favorite albums, just one of the the best raw grunge albums that wasn't really grunge, because they weren't like, because like Billy Corgan's a different type of beast, uh, but obviously, you know, he, um, he transitioned a lot in life, uh, style-wise, music-wise, kind of crazy, kind of not, professional wrestler federation owner. Uh, just released an album, I believe, called Sir. Sire, Seer, it's C-Y-R. Sure. It's a double album. It's very long. It is very safe. It is very, I believe if this came out, like, after Siamese Dream, people would have been in a way bigger uproar than when, like, a door came out after Millicom. Like, this album is just, we talked a little bit about, like, adult rock when I was talking about Billy Joe, Billy Joe Armstrong last week. I feel like this this album starts off very, very tame and very, very synthy, but not in like the 80s sort of way. I can't quite, it almost sounds like he made this album just like, oh, it's a pandemic. I'm going to make an album. Though I do believe James Eha and Jimmy Chamberlain are on the album. What are your thoughts? It's an album. Yep. I think that. Were you a, a fan of the pumpkins? Problem, a lot. I liked them. I wasn't a fan. Like I would go out of my way to see them, but I, I did enjoy them. I liked, you know, Siamese Dream. I love Melancholy, um, Gish. What I thought was great. Uh, everything after that was kind of, you know, it just kind of wasn't the same band. Mm -hmm. And I think by the point that Sir came out, which is this latest album, I think that they forgot that they're a rock band. Mm -hmm. And I think that I like digital instruments. I like since i like the that you can do kind of anything that you can do now but they played it way too safe and i think that when a band forgets at their core that they're a rock band and they make an album like this it's time to call it something else because like zwan like yeah like zwan right there's nothing on this album outside of like Billy Corgan's vocals and some of his lyrics that really like dialed into the smashing pumpkins. And again, granted, look, it's been so many years since melancholy and the infinite sadness. I get it. However, you don't forget what brought you to the dance and what the fans that have been growing with you as a group have loved and want to hear throughout the years. Like there is a way to make an album like this, but also keep like one foot on the base of what brought you to the dance in the first place. And I think that when you completely lose that aspect of the group, especially when you have three original members in the band still, it's kind of a bad representation of what I think the band is and what the band could be. So it's very sterile. There, it's a very sterile, like very yes. muted sounding record. It's very, I don't know if it's overproduced, but there are some good songs in there. I loved Ramona. That That's when the rock starts. It does kind of ebb and flow. The guitars start to rep ebb and flow a little bit more as we get into it. I like the song, Witch. It's about Halloween. It's about Sam Hain. I'm not going to complain about that. Of course, you guys with the witch with the Y spelling, like the, uh, like the Vich movie. Remember that? 
Uh, but yeah. it is what it is. I think if you're a diehard Smashing Pumpkins fan, you might like it. I don't know what diehard Smashing Pumpkin fans look like these days. Uh, but again, Billy Corgan has been very active on Instagram during the pandemic. He has been doing tons of Ask Me Anything, tons of uh, Instagram stories. It's been fun following him. I honestly believe Smashing Pumpkins is his vehicle to make money to sink it to NWA. Not NWA, yeah, NWA, the Wrestling Federation, yeah. to keep it afloat during this pandemic. So I don't even know if it's on YouTube anymore right now. I don't know what they're doing right now. but I mean, that makes sense to me. And that being said, like, this is a very boring album, especially from a band that had some very bombastic songs back in the day. And even in their latter career, like, this is a very, like, you know, you want to talk about what an old Smashing Pumpkin fans look like. If your buddy goes, oh, man, you, you should check out the Smashing Pumpkins, you're going to love smashing pumpkins and you played them like anything up until maybe like early 2000s and then they went and bought this album they would be sorely disappointed sorely disappointed i i agree it's it is what it is now and the worst part is he released this album and very soon after announced that he's also doing a sequel to uh mill and colin which um i'm curious like it was weird. Like he's like, oh, I'm releasing this album. Then I'm releasing like a quadruple album for, for that. And then I think I got another album coming out. I think this is a situation where he has just got a lot of free time right now. He can't do his wrestling stuff and he's just, you know, it's a musical outlet. It's just, again, you're right. This is more like how Zwan was like super, super safe. This is very much like that. So, you Dude, know, this makes Zwan feel dangerous. Like, <laughs> at, yeah, at least they had the number, they had the cover of Number of the Beast. I, um, really, really, it's, it's very strange. There is a, there is a Smashing Pumpkin I like album I like that's recent. I like the album Oceania. I think that's what it was called. Uh, Oceania. Right. There's some really, really, really good songs on there, like Celestials. Definitely worth giving that a re listen. Uh, I mean, there's some bad stuff on there too, but some of the stuff I really like on there. So I'm mean, Billy Corgan's talented. I mean, the guy clearly could do yeah. some stuff and he clearly has a style. I mean, you hear that voice the moment I heard it, I'm like, well, it's Billy Corgan. That's definitely Billy Corgan. Yeah. And I mean, I think stuff that they did like Oceana and other things in that era, like they got a little more weird. They got a little more experimental. Yeah. And this, that, does, this doesn't go rock. This doesn't go experimental. This just goes flat up the middle. Yeah. So there's that. We uh we we are going to talk a little bit about wrestling in a little bit. I gotta give I I'll waste time for a couple minutes to give Harvey time to uh put the kids to bed, but uh we you know wrestling for me right now is kind of weird because I got really turned off by the the empty arena stuff though it was probably the most safe stuff they were doing, but it was so jarring to watch. And now I'm kind of starting trying to see what is working, you know, for the last nine months, these wrestling federations like AEW, predominantly AEW and WWE, have been trying to find this balance between safety and engagement. And the challenge is that like concerts, like, you know, big, big experiential uh, stuff, like events, you, you need a fan base to really feed off of like you can't, if you played a concert and there was no one in the crowd, I know some people say they've played to a room with three people and rocked like they were playing in an arena, but it's still tough. If nobody shows up and there's just a guy at the bar looking at you, toasting you two sheet, three sheets to the wind, right? Like yeah, there as, is definitely a guy who has played to three people and rocked as if there was 3000. It sucks. 
And the reason why you rock like there's 3,000 is because you need to be able to say that to someone down the line in conversations like, hey, man, no matter what, you got to give it your all. And, yeah, it's true. You do. But, boy, let me tell you, as a dude who's played in front of 3,000 people, it is not the same as playing in front of three. (laughs) Jesus Christ. And that that, sucks. And that's the challenge facing the wrestling industry right now. They're basically trying to figure out, you know, something where the crowd is really the third person in the ring, fourth, if you consider the referee. It's really, really, really tough. I mean, Matt Hardy's entire character was kind of killed. The the Broken Hardy thing, he brought it back in full force. Doesn't work if there isn't a crowd to feed off of. If you don't have deletes going, like it just doesn't work. And he admitted it and he's pivoting. He's like, it just doesn't work for a COVID era. Um, but, you know, like there's a lot of good things that's happening in wrestling right now. And so we're going to call in Harvey. Hey, Harvey, welcome back. What, what? Big Black in the building. Buddy, it's been it's been too long. Are you still working like the midnight shift at Amazon? Oh, hell no. No, my body couldn't handle that. No, I had to stop or I was just going to die. Oh. No. <laughs> no. You were no, not- and the nine, nine kids need to be taken care of, so somebody's got to stay home. Were you no. in the warehouse or were you on the trucks? Me and Allison have a debate no. going. No, no, I was in the warehouse. I was packing stuff. Yeah, she crazy. won. She oh, won. God. Hey, look, great to have you on. We're doing a quick segment now. We feel as we haven't talked about uh we we haven't uh we haven't talked about wrestling in a while. And that's partially because with COVID happening, it, it's not the wrestling that we're used to. It's it's tough, especially the empty arena stuff we just mentioned just didn't work right. I got I just got disinterested. Hambone got a little disinterested. I've been picking, right. I've been picking up a little bit of steam recently as they've been trying all the federations have been trying new things. And I kind of want right. to talk about our like favorite things that are happening right now. I don't want to be negative right. because like it's not their fault. At the end of the day, like they're just trying to survive like everyone else. I'm not gonna shit on wrestling and 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 why things are happening or storylines and that. I want to talk about like what what what's working now. And I gotta say that AEW, uh, All Elite Wrestling, doing the you know still trying to pull surprises and doing it in a uh, sparsely att- like them owning their own stadium helps if you're gonna have like even 200 people very sparsely far apart from each other it still sounds awesome but it does agreed they pull out sting out of their ass they pull out this like weird invasion thing they're doing let's talk about that how did you feel hearing that sting is now in AEW? i didn't i wasn't that excited about it i it, it, i remember seeing on social media everybody was really oh my god sting and it's i i grew up watching you know NWA and WCW and such, but I'm overstaying. It didn't do anything for me. I'm, now I'm interested to see what they do with him. That's what if you're going to bring him back. And the, the talk I've heard is him and Jericho. Is that is that what they're thinking? I'm hearing he can't wrestle. I'm hearing okay. straight up there will be no wrestling, which is why I'm a little more curious to see what they do with him. I hear he can. He has spinal stenitis. Ten, he's got some. He can't take a back. Is that bump. is that is that from the Seth Rollins? Match? No, is that, no, that no, is that no. is a disease that is in oh, you. Oh. Seth Rollins okay. uh, made them either find it or or made okay. it worse. But okay, whether okay. he knew or not before the Seth Rollins in, in, incident, I don't know. But he can't take a bad bump, bump, back bump. What he wanted to do was have a like a TV, you know, a uh, a cinematic match with the Undertaker. 
you know, like okay. with AJ, and Vince was not interested in it, hence why he's now mm. at AEW. I'm curious. Okay. AEW doesn't really do the cinematic stuff. I don't think they should either, but I would like to see where he goes as maybe right. a a manager or, an, you know, he's still wearing the, the Raven stuff. He looks good. I mean, he's got makeup, but he looks right. good. I'm curious, Hambo, what are your well, thoughts? I know you. I don't know if you watched or not, but what are your thoughts with Sting being back? So I think it's kind of pointless if he's not going to wrestle. I and I hate to be like that, but it's kind of like you are show you're like putting the gun in the table in the first act, but you're never going to actually get to use it by the third act because he can't wrestle. Now I've heard different things. I've heard he can wrestle. I heard like he just can't like do a crazy high impact style. So if it is Jericho, I think they could probably put on something good but it's not you know what i mean i say there's just if he's not going to be wrestling then i don't know what the point is jericho is not aj styles i don't think aj i don't think jericho can pull out a good match on someone who isn't also good in the ring at this point in his career so i don't know i'll be curious to see i but again i like the surprise i like that aw tried to do something still that gets people excited during a pandemic. So if you like AEW, that is one of the big things that they're doing. The other thing is, you know, uh, we just saw Kenny Omega win the World Heavyweight Championship and then announced he's going to Impact, which I forgot to record tonight. Hopefully it's on demand. But uh, that is happening. Um, Impact needs something to happen. They've been still doing Mm -hmm. empty arena matches. Have any of us been watching Impact? Oh no. no. I forgot no. it was on. Okay. Oh, I didn't even know I had the channel until I looked a few days ago yeah. after I saw what happened with um what's his name dragging him out. And I'm like, "Oh, I've got access. Let me record it. I'm I'm going to actually watch my first Impact episode in the longest time." Listen, I just want to say something real quick. Sure. Sting's not Sting's not going to wrestle. I, well, he, let's just say he doesn't wrestle. If the if they brought him in with all this fanfare for him to be a mouthpiece for somebody, can either one of you, aside from the promo he cut before he became Crow Sting, give me a Sting promo where you were like, "Wow, I'm this is the this is it." Not why does he depended on it? Exactly, he's not a mouthpiece. If he can't wrestle and he's never cut a promo where I felt like he made somebody better, he hasn't brought anybody up. What the hell? It's just you doing it for name recognition now. He can't bring anybody up. He can't take a bump. He can't get turned on. There's nothing that can happen. I don't want Sting. I want to remember him as the guy at the Clash who had the classic with Ric Flair, with the matches with Luger, with. Uh, but this, this isn't the same guy. I don't want Sting. This is just. It's like, is he broke and he needs money, so he's doing this? I don't. I don't get so. it. I don't. I don't get it. Let it go, man. It's unnecessary to me. Um, in terms of Kenny. I love Kenny Omega, and I think this is interesting. I've always thought with all these foundations, WWE is the biggest thing. They should all just get together. They should all just band together, do some do some program where they each invade each other, and at the end, they all get together and decide, we're going to take on Vince McMahon. And I think this would be <laughs> interesting. How interesting would this be? That would be interesting. Vince will never do it. Uh, I, I okay. can't. I can't see Vince uh, ever, ever doing anything like that right now because I don't think he even knows what any of this stuff is. I think his hatred for AEW is probably higher right now than his interest in doing anything that'll pop ratings, quote-unquote. What are you liking in wrestling, Harvey, other than like what I just talked about? What's exciting you? Truthfully, you said at the beginning, I mean, WWE and all these foundations are doing the best that they can. And the only thing that's 
that's really kept me is the he is this finally what they did with Reigns. Yes. Finally. finally. Roman is a badass as a heel. This is who he should have been from the beginning. This is the guy. He was this guy in the shield. His promos are badass. I love it. He's slow. He's just like, it's, I, I'm scared. I'm like, he's going to come and kick my ass. I mean, he's not wearing the vest anymore. I don't even think he needs Heyman. Nope. Heyman, I almost, he, I think Heyman takes him down a bit. He doesn't need him. I love what he did for his cousins. I love the fact that he, and you know, that conversation went like, Vince, I'll come back. But I want to be a heel. I want this done right. I want creative control. And I want to bring up the Usos with me. And what he did, I mean, you know, people could say he buried them. But no, the fact is he, like, broke them to make him his minions in the best way anyone's ever done that before. Agreed. And I've Agreed. That was in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I, I know, Hambone, you've only been watching a little bit now. Is there anything you've really been enjoying lately? So I've been watching in GIFs and in Clips. I haven't been watching wrestling. I kind of beginning of the pandemic, man, it, it was hard to keep up. And then I, I couldn't really get behind the empty crowds. Mm-hmm. I made a promise to myself, though, because I fucking love professional wrestling. I am going to come back at the Royal Rumble. John Hamilton is going to start watching pro wrestling again at the Royal Rumble. I feel like that was going to be the true beginning of WrestleMania season. That's going to be when the action is ready for the comeback. And so I decided I'm just going to kind of pick up things and gifts and, you know, see what's happening, see what's awesome um, through the grapevine. But, you know, for me to actually get back on this couch and watch some pro wrestling again, it's going to take the rumble. I, bring I, me back. I really, uh, I decided to watch uh, war games this past weekend, uh, Sunday. I really wish NXT WWE would go back to Saturday NXTs, by the way. I'm just never saying that. But, uh, you know, 90 Day Fiance kind of takes priority on Sunday nights. Just putting that out there. But, you know, season premiere this week, by the way, some of those get a lot of Ukrainian crazies. Love it. Love it. But uh, love War Games, and I really enjoyed the way they did. So they put it in. I don't think it was in the Thunderdome. We'll talk about about that in a sec. But they had it. uh, So the whole building was monitors, but not like stacked monitors. So I don't think – I think it might have been – in their, in their normal place, but uh, they had people in just squares. So it was like Brady Bunch style, like fans. And then in front of them on the ground, they had all their wrestlers with the plexiglass and the masks. So you had the fans looking really cool. So it looks like an arena, but then you also had real, you know, cause they're piping in the sound for the Thunderdome and it's not right. real, but to have actually real people doing the chance then and having real people smacking to the sound of them, smacking that plexiglass is really cool. I, I mm-hmm. really enjoyed the way they did war games. I enjoyed hearing, you know, real people cheer. Like hearing that random person just yell when it's loud, when it's quiet is really mm-hmm. what, you know, I love about wrestling. So it, it, it was very exciting. The, everybody busted their asses. Uh, it was really good. I'm, I'm very curious to see where NXT is going. Obviously, NXT's got a tough spot right now because it's up against AEW and AEW's on fire. And I feel right. bad for them. I kind of wish, like, AEW was up against, like, Raw or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. AEW's stomping mm-hmm. them in the ratings. Yeah. Yes. Consistently, yeah, and, every week, and it's back. Yeah. It's because NXT is still as good as it was. It's just AEW does have the money and the fire and the glitz and the glossy and the way they have it in that arena that they could really work and make work for them because they own it. It's it's made things very interesting in AEW. Um, still, hey, str- w- go ahead, go ahead, w- Harvey. W- what do you think about McAfee? How do you feel about him? 
he's a really good wrestler. I mean, he's way better than I thought he would be. Uh, I we yeah. talked. I think we talked about this a little bit on. Uh, sorry, I'm having trouble hearing you. I'm sorry. Siri loves to go off on my watch. I got to start like <laughs> not disturbing my watch. And I don't know why. I never even thought to do that before. But uh, Pat McAfee, I think it's a piece of shit. Like I don't really like as a human being. Maybe he's like a good heel in that regard. But like I right. look at him, I'm like, you're an asshole. And but then he brings it in the ring b better than anyone since like Kurt Angle. Like I'm comparing this guy to Kurt Angle. Wow. No, he, wow. he come on. He did a fucking splash off the top of the cage. Like wow. he, he, and he, it's not like he's doing like one. It's not like they're carrying him. Like Ronda Rousey right. was good, but she was carried by great people at WrestleMania to have one of the best matches. You know, she, this one, uh, this was good, but even the one before it that he did, uh, when I don't remember what that was, but, incredible incredible matches for a guy who's you know just a fan who just started doing it i don't think he was training much yeah i, I he's got the attitude he's got charisma i just i don't know we'll uh, we'll see i don't think he's a, gonna be a forever professional wrestler but mm. you know he's better than Mo mojo rawley or like you know he's better than a lot oh of my God. wwe wrestlers oh, yeah. Yeah, i'll give you that agree do you like him on the stick what do you think? He's fine. He's he's got mm. a he's got a type. It's just I don't like that type. Uh, mm -hmm. I like him versus Adam Cole though. I do like his thing with Adam Cole. I can't tell who's I a like, good. I can't tell who's a good guy or who's like, a bad guy. I like everybody against Adam Cole. Yeah, Adam Adam Cole has good programs with everybody. So that was the guy to put him up against. So it worked out well. And they were running that for a while because he was on his show and he's been a dick to him and all that good stuff. And it worked out. I didn't really think that they were going to have McAfee you know, wrestle. Yep. It worked, but it was good. But it worked out. It was yeah, great. It was. Agreed. And Agreed. I'm, I miss, I miss war games so bad. I had to go watch the original, the horsemen and dusty. Oh, I love that. was one of my favorite wrestling events. That was good stuff. Yeah. yeah. So war games really good. Uh, look, WWE's trying with the Thunderdome talked about it for a second. I think we talked about it a couple months ago on the show when it premiered, mm -hmm. but you know, they've rented out the Amway center, which is doing nothing. And they've put mm -hmm. up L LCD monitor, LED monitors throughout the building, staggered so it looks like. And they have real fans on there. I'm trying to actually get on it every week. I go and try to like register to try to be on right. uh, on uh, on an episode. But you know, so it looks fun. It, the sounds piped. It's definitely better than nothing. True. There's Agreed. no way around it. it. It's still weird, but it does work for Roman. And again, Roman's program has been fantastic I, I really agree with both of you i think roman has never looked this good i kind of wish it was in front of a crowd but you know it is right. what it is this is the best time this is the time for vince to pull the trigger on it because vince is like we're not going to ever be lower than this if you want to turn heel do it now right the problem and is it made sense the mm -hmm. problem is there's no baby faces to go up against i'm sorry but like drew mcintyre does nothing for me like most oh. No, I like Drew. Man. I like Drew. He's got the look. His promos could use some work, but he's if the same size, a little bit bigger than him than Roman. They, that was a great match they had. Uh, oh, that was it's fine. I just have nothing. I just don't care. What a major <laughs> thing I was not expecting was Survivor Series having a like final half hour, forty minutes of the Undertaker retiring. Oh my God! Which was oh, the weirdest was... thing I've seen. Hambone, did you happen to see gifts or clips of that? I did, and I feel bad because again, the Undertaker should have been able to retire in front of a real crowd full of people. But yeah, they—I mean, I get it. It's time. 
It's it's time for him to walk off into the sunset. It's always sad because it means he's the fucking Undertaker, you know, like yeah. Mm-hmm. Vince, it was time three years ago. Honestly, Vince was yeah. choked up. It was real. I appreciate that. I don't know why they had to give everybody entrances just to make them leave the ring for Vince. Very mm-hmm. strange. And mm-hmm. some of the people they brought back was a little strange. Nobody told Kane he had to dress up. Very strange. <laughs> Vince saying WWF first mm-hmm. time ever. Very strange. But mm-hmm. but the Undertaker got to say a little bit of a goodbye. I mean, I think he realized that. I, I think what happened was, guys. I think he realized that next year's WrestleMania is also going to be in this type of situation. Like it's not going to be in a live crowd. I just don't see it happening in three months, especially with everything being what it is. Yeah, right. Uh, I think he realized that. I think he realized that he's looking at the numbers. He's like, I'm not going to be able to do this two years from now, and this is it. Let's do a goodbye on my anniversary. I think he's probably going to be doing a goodbye tour, and he wants to make mm-hmm. money. I mean, he could still do whatever he wants to do, uh, you know, autograph signing, speaking engagements. I mean, the guy can make a ton just by doing interviews. I'm excited mm-hmm. to see what happens. Harvey, what's one thing right mm-hmm. now? What else, before we go, where do you see wrestling where do you see wrestling heading? Do you think, uh, do you see full recovery? Uh, I think wrestling and maybe a lot of entertainment in general is in trouble. Once we get past COVID and we can finally leave the house in peace, I think we're going. I think we're getting out the house. We're going to go do things because we're so sick and tired of being in. I think in general, TV and such may have a bit of a downturn because we're going to be so sick. We've watched so much TV in the last <laughs> seven think eight about months. that. Yeah, so I think wrestling, which is already kind of struggling now, I have no, it's, there's no urgency for me to watch wrestling because I can just wait till the next day, go to YouTube and they'll show me, WWE will put together the top 10 things that happen on Raw and then I'm fine. So... I don't need to watch it when it happens. It's not like with not the Attitude Era. It's not with Stone Cold and The Rock and all that, where you needed to see what was going to happen that night. It's there's nothing, and I like Roman, but Roman is not enough for me to watch three hours of wrestling, or two hours on Fox on a Friday, or three hours on Raw. Yeah. So I think wrestling is in trouble. They got a book. They got to get better. I need a storyline that I don't expect. I need something crazy to happen to be like. What are they doing? And I need to watch and find out. And I don't think they have anybody there who thinks that way. Bruce Pritchard doesn't think that way. No. That's not happening. No. I, so. I, I agree with you. I think when this all, you know, the vaccine's out and people are feeling safe and they're doing something, I think they need to reboot. I don't know how you do it. I don't know what a reboot looks like. I think it's get rid of Vince McMahon, in all honesty. Mm, true. But, but true. you know, it, it's hard to do that. Hey, Harvey, we appreciate having you on even for a little bit. What? Uh, talk right. to us. Forget forget wrestling for a second. How are you doing? How are you How are you coping with nine kids during a pandemic virtually learning? <laughs> well, uh, you know, virtual learning because I got all these kids in the house, so they all have Chromebooks. So it's all of them wiping up my, uh, using up the Wi-Fi. So I can't really do anything while they're learning and doing stuff. So I'm just walking around, watching, keeping an eye on these kids. It's, hey, it's life. This is the way it is now. You know, I'm a stay-at-home dad taking care of the fam. So I'm content. And it's good, you know. We're all healthy. We're all alive. That's all we can ask for in this time. So... Harvey, I'm good. I hope you guys are too. Harvey, we appreciate your Thanks, podcast, buddy. even though we can't relate to it at all. We still enjoy <laughs> that we inspire you. 
I mean, look, it's hard to relate to being a black oh. man in a black relationship. It's tough. Listen, I mean, I can pretend. At the, at the end, it's all... It's all about love, in which case we we can all relate. I'm just absolutely. I, I'm just we're season two of uh, Love Is Black, Harvey. We're doing it. Yeah, we we took a little break, but we'll be coming back soon, and we're going to change the format a little bit. So I think either this week or next week we're coming back, and we got a new format for you. I think you'll like it. Uh, I'm excited to uh, definitely check it out. Plug your stuff. How can the kids reach you, Harvey? As usual, they can reach me as Incognigroidian on Instagram. You can find us on Love is Black Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook. I'll talk wrestling, but I will talk love, life, whatever you want to talk about. So find me wherever you want. Uh, always always good having you. Again, if we talked more wrestling, we'd have you on more. If you ever want to talk about I mean, you saw Midsummer recently, which impressed me. If there's Oh my God. <laughs> if, if there's an ever a TV show that's on now that you want to review or just anything pop culture, it's kind of like happening as we're speaking. Just shoot me a text. We'd be happy to have you on the show. Okay. Hey, I'll ask you, have you guys, did you guys ever watch this on CBS? The show is called Evil. No. Either one of you watch it? I have not. Okay. I think it's on Netflix We'll now. talk. It is. I just watched it on Netflix and it was interesting. Well, maybe in a few weeks we'll talk about it. We would be happy to have you back. Hambone, how can the kids reach you? Well, first off, I want to say, hey, Harv. Thanks again. It's great hearing your voice. I'm happy you're doing well. And uh, thanks for coming on the show tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can find me on the Twitter at Handbreaker. I tweet about board games. I tweet about cute animals. I tweet about Dungeons and Dragons. You can follow my day-to-day adventures in podcasting and in life over on Instagram, where I've most recently posted a picture of a cake that I ate by myself at John Hambone McGuire. George, where can the kids find you? So, Hambone, just speaking of cakes, we've decided to start doing – so we've gained a lot of weight during COVID, and that yeah. that Peloton's not coming for a while. So we, uh, we've started – just oh, you got a Peloton? Oh, I, we finally broke it. Like, I've gained so much weight. Like, we were just in bad shape all around. Forget about weight. <laughs> we're just in bad shape. So I'm like, fuck it. They, you know, the Peloton, you can, like, pay it off over three years. I'm like, yeah. just do it. <laughs> just, just do it. So, But it's, it's coming in, like, a year at this point. And regardless, we have decided to start going once a week and going a Gincarelli. So there's amazing bakery by us in Bloomfield. There's also one, I believe, in Wayne called Gincarelli. It's the best Italian pastries bar none. And we just buy a cake every week on Sunday. Gabe wants cake time. So uh, we've been we've been getting cakes and eating cakes. And that's it, making life a little bit better. Because I won't lie, I was really not feeling good on Sunday about not going to concerts. It just hit me really hard all of a sudden. Uh, so cake helped. Anyway, guys, I'm George. You can reach me at GLK Creative on Twitter, where I mostly talk about phones. Uh, you can reach me at GLK Creative on Instagram. You can reach me. We have a Instagram now, My Thai Happy Hour. Appreciate all the follows on that. I'm going to start doing more stuff with Hambone. We're going to try to get pictures of Hambone with tiki mugs. That's what our goal is. Sounds like a plan. And uh, we, uh, you can uh, find us at MyTaiTV.com. It's where all our archive is. Also, our video episodes from back in the day. God, I can't wait to do that again. And, you know, rate, review, and subscribe. We love you all. Stay safe. Hambone, take us out. Everybody remember, be nice. Socially distance yourself. Take care of yourself. Drink lots of water. Wear a mask. Support your local restaurants. Aloha. Aloha.